Amen. Let's stand together and open our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Father, I pray that today, even in our homes and in raising our children and conducting our marriages, Father, in walking in our communities and living in our church, that we would have a, an awareness of the spiritual forces around us. Uh, touch us and guide us today and awaken us to your will today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the interesting things from the part of the world that I, I just came back from is that this aspect of spiritual forces and a spirit world is not questioned for the most part. They believe there's a spiritual world. And uh, they, they do things to try to appease that spiritual world. One of the things you can be praying with us about as we go through and talk to you about a couple of these things, uh, in the month of May... Uh, we're going to be from now until the month of May working with churches all across our state uh, with the desire to raise uh, a quarter of a million dollars to pour into some of the needs you'll hear me talk about uh, a little bit today. And we're going to be asking churches all over the state to help us uh, reach that goal. But again, I want to thank you uh, for your prayers as, as we were gone the major takeaway from me, one of the things I was looking for was what, what, what would I really learn? And one of the major takeaways that I, I took was this aspect of spiritual hurdles that are established in each culture. Uh, and I really came to this conclusion, this is why missionaries, when they come through, talk to us and tell us that, yeah, they need our financial support, but even more so, they need our prayers because they're dealing with some very strong spiritual hurdles. It was in the first few days of being in Japan that in our discussions with the missionaries that I began to see some of the spiritual hurdles in that culture even more clearly. What seemed to me to be a strategy of the enemy to build in the fabric of culture hurdles that make it difficult to see and accept Jesus. Spiritual hurdles are something that makes it more difficult to receive the truth because you've got to reject so much to come to the truth. And I saw these hurdles in each country and then began to think about them in our country and the kind of spiritual hurdles that we face to be fully committed to Christ. The scheme of the enemy to keep us from walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. We spent some time uh, in Japan with our missionary, Joyce Kitano. Uh, Joyce is a, a, a wonderful, wonderful person. Japan is a country of 127 million people. And uh, Tokyo is the largest metropolitan area 
uh, in the world with over 30 million people. And I want them to put the picture up here now. And you can just, this is just one of the trains. And if you can see that picture clearly, you can see all the people that are in it. I want to tell you, that is not a crowded train. And some of the stations, at some points in the day, they literally have people there who push people into the train to get as many people in the train as possible. So you think about being in a city, in a community of 30 million people and public transportation has to be the, the, the way for them to get any place uh, in time. The Japanese people have some great attributes. They're very, very clean people and all the things that they do are very polite to you when they are there. They're very honest people. Missionaries tell stories of losing a wallet, dropping a wallet on the ground and coming back looking for it a half an hour, 45 minutes later, and it still be sitting there with all the money and everything in it. Or that you can leave a, a computer on a table in a mall and go to the restroom and come back and it will still be there when you get back. Not so much the case Here, is that right? Uh, so it's a, they're very, very honest. It's a, they're very honest in, in those kind of things, and very, it's a very safe community. Many times at night, Joyce would leave us to ride her bicycle home at midnight, eleven thirty midnight. And on the first night that she did that, I said, Joyce, you're getting ready to ride. Your, is, is this safe for you? Are you okay? Do you think we should keep the bike here and get you a cab? Oh, no, I'm perfectly safe. I can ride anywhere in this city, and nobody will bother me. It's very safe here. And you saw people doing that all the time. They told us, hey, if you wake up at night, if you want to walk down, if you wake up because you're transitioning into our time, if you want to get up and go for a walk, you'll be perfectly safe to go out any time of the night and go for a walk. We saw little children, five years old, six years old, walking through the busy streets all alone, heading to school because nobody was going to bother them as they went to school. It is the third largest economy in the world, and yet they are a, a mixture of Buddhist and, Sh and, and Shinto faith. Only, listen, only 0.22%, not even 1%, 0.22%, are what we would call born again. The Japanese people are the second largest unreached people groups in the world. Uh, what you're going to see now on the screen is just uh, one, of the, one, of the, one of the Buddhist shrines that are in Japan. And this is kind of where the hurdles in Japan begin in this mixture of Buddhist and Shinto uh, faith. Culturally, to be Japanese is to be Buddhist or Shinto in faith. To turn from these faiths built into the culture is to deny being Japanese. They see their religion, many of them, and their nationality as combined. That's one hurdle. The second part of that hurdle is 
as they see that in their own life, they assume that in other lives. So they look at America and they think we're all Christians. They see us as a Christian people. So they listen to our music. They watch our entertainment. They read about our scandals. And they say, that's what Christianity is. Which becomes, again, a major hurdle for them to overcome to come to Christ. They ask the question, why is it so good? Now, the Shinto faith doesn't have a personal relationship with God. In fact, there are 8,000 gods that they want to make happy, that they want to appease. They don't have a personal relationship with them, and they're happy to add Jesus to that count. They're just not going to take any of the rest off the plate as well. So they work to appease the gods or to get lucky in their actions. So even when they go to the, the Buddhist shrine, you'll find a, a big box there that they give into, and it's a metal box so that when they drop their coins in, it makes a lot of noise, and they stand there and clap, not giving thanks to God for, being, for God being their provider, but to get God's attention that they put money in the box because they're trying to appease God and earn favor with one of the gods to look out for them and to watch out for them and to take care of their, uh, of their family members. They burn incense, and then you'll see them tend to trying to get the smoke on them and their hair and on their bodies because they want to keep evil spirits away because they have burnt this incense to their gods and they want to have God's favor. There's ancestor worship. The dead mother and father, grandmother and grandfather are transitioning to another place, so they burn incense for them. They leave out food uh, for them on the family altar so they have something to eat. In some cases, they burn money so they can have money while they're transitioning. And listen, got to understand this. That gives them comfort just like us saying our loved ones are in a better place gives us comfort. So, to get them to come to Christ is to deny them that comfort. That they believe that their family's transitioning someplace. Thousands upon thousands of years of this being a part of who they are. Excuse me. Uh, so to accept Christ condemns their parents and it puts the whole family structure in jeopardy because you're supposed to take care of those. If my son or my child were to get saved, all of a sudden the question is, who's going to take care of me when I'm transitioning in the next life? So the family structure and the family pressure to keep someone in that faith is extremely high. It's a, it's a hurdle built right into the very system of living that it keeps them from coming and crossing that line of faith and seeing and recognizing who Jesus is, who will care for them when they die. Yet today, there are 30,000 suicides a year 
in Japan. Uh, the trains in, while we were in Tokyo were stopped, certain lines were stopped several times during our time there because people had jumped out in front of the trains to kill themselves. They have one of the highest rates of depression of any nation in the world. Some of it, they've got, they've got a special name for one of it where people literally retreat into the bedrooms of their homes and only come out to eat and go to the restroom and stay there for years because they feel the pressure of this life. And again, remember, there's no relationship with the Holy Spirit that's available for them. It's a shame-built society, and to shame the family with bad grades or with a divorce is condemning of the whole family. So in their marriages, there's a high rate of cheating in their marriages, but a low rate of divorce in their marriages. So they become very close to the gospel because of all the cultural pressure that's on, that's on them. This is one of the reasons why our missionaries say, pray for us. Pray for us. See, just the opposite of, 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 of America, the highest rate of people coming to Christ are on the college and university campuses. Young people who are looking for a different way, young people who are looking for a different answer. There are over a thousand universities, and yet over only 20 of them uh, are able to offer Christian Chi Alpha ministries on those campuses. It's one of the great goals that we have is to raise up more Christian Chi Alpha leadership in the colleges and universities of Japan because it is the ripest place of fruit. And what you find in most all, in most, most all of these countries, for a worker in Manila, going to work and coming home from work, average commute, two hours. I have never in my life been in traffic nearly that bad. We had a six-mile trip to take from one place that we were at to the other, and it took us two hours to go six miles. You don't know stop-and-go driving until you've driven in a place like that. It was absolutely amazing. And uh, with Bill, what Bill and Kim do in, 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 in Asia Pacific, with Asia Pacific Ministries is really amazing. They produce short videos. They produce movies. They have a national radio program. They do many things on TV. All of these aimed at bringing uh, bringing the gospel to people. Asia Pacific Ministry has been a long-time ministry that we have supported, and uh, the picture here shows us at the media center. The national church there has about 4,000 churches, and they want to plant 2,020 more churches by 2020. They've already planted 600 since they started this program and, and have another uh, 1,420 to go. The, the place is, uh, is predominantly Catholic. Uh, I'm going to show you two pictures here of, of Mary outside of this. Is, this is a scene where if you remember when Imelda Marcos and the Marcoses were thrown out of the country, there was a big demonstration that stopped, uh, stopped that revolt. 
and, and uh, Marcos had de- demanded for the army to just, there were millions of people at this specific corner because they knew the military was coming there to get some people who were opposed to him. He ordered them to mow him down, to kill him, and the generals refused to do it, and it's when he lost control. And uh, the Catholic Church has built uh, to this, this, this statue there. In the 1500s, the conquistadors showed up there from Spain with the Catholic priests, and they worked hand-in-hand to conquer and control the Philippines. And uh, they would get some movement, but there was great ancestral worship and idol worship there as well. And it was at this point that the Catholic Church in the Philippines, the priests, took out the second commandment of the Ten Commandments dealing with carved images and spread out the commandments in another way so that they wouldn't have to run that opposition in, in, the, in the Philippines. So they integrated some of that worship into the Philippine church, and they raised Mary to being a co-redeemer with Jesus, that you could be redeemed by, by praying to Mary the same way we can be redeemed by praying for Jesus. That still is incurred throughout the culture of the people who are Catholic there. And so, again, to come to Christ is to deny those things. To come to Christ is to deny Mary instead of honoring Mary as the mother of Jesus. She's been lifted to a point that we have to say, no, it's Jesus and Jesus alone who is our Redeemer. And so it brings this great, this great uh, uh, hurdle for us to overcome. So we need to pray for the Philippines as they plant churches, especially in the, in the urban areas, and pray for the media. Now what about America? Are we free from these things? Uh, we have hurdles ourselves. Religion is a hurdle in America. There's a lie that gets told that if I just do things religiously enough, if I just go to church enough, if I just live a good enough life, that I don't really have to sell out and follow Jesus. There's a hurdle of ease and selfishness. These keep us, we, we, we live in this, where this pursuit of happiness is such a high value to us that, the, that we are kept many times from completely dedicating ourselves to the work of the kingdom. Statistics in America tell us that 20% of the people do all of the work in the church and that 20% of the people in the church do all of the financial support of the church and the other 80% of the people just kind of go along for the ride. It keeps us from being fully effective as followers of Christ because instead of seeing the Word of God as our standard for faith and conduct, we choose a path of ease and selfishness. Pride, where we don't want to humble ourselves uh, over our sins, but we justify our sins and make excuses for our sin instead of fully surrendering our life to Christ. Educational deception becomes a hurdle. We don't want to see this, 
but we should, we should fear and be prepared for false teaching that's happening that's embedded in things like evolution throughout our, throughout our educational programs that take us away from seeing the great work of God and understanding who God is in our life. Our love for our time. We get our time so filled up that we have no time for God. We have no time for his work. We don't have time to pray. We don't have time to, to seek his word. We don't have time for ministries because we're so, we're, too, we're so involved in the busyness of our schedules and the things that we see as important that, though, that the things of God get pushed to the side and get set aside because we have too many things to do to give ourselves to fully. This is a strategy of the enemy, friend, to fill, fill your life up your children's life up with so many things. I remember when Michael was about in, in eighth, about ninth grade, a man came to me and he said to me, he said, listen, I'd like for your son to play on, my, on our traveling basketball team. Would, would you be interested in him playing on it? I said, well, tell me about it. Might be. And he said, well, we, we, we travel every weekend. We go every weekend. I said, he could come with me. I know you couldn't come. He could just go with me and he could play every weekend and you know, he'd get back on Sunday night. And I said, we're not interested. Michael might have been interested, but I wasn't interested. Because, see, I'm not going to let something fill up my time that we can't do what God would have us to do first. We need to understand that there's a, there is a, a seduction of the enemy to fill our lives up with things that do not matter and for us to miss the very things that are the most important things. And I want to call you mom and dad. I want to call you uh, guys and gals, let's realize we need to be able to do the things God is calling us to do. Our culture becomes a spiritual hurdle because we live in a time where culture is denying the truth of God. If you saw yesterday, and I don't know the spiritual condition of our president and his wife, I, I'm praying for them. I, I hope they have a spirit-filled experience someday. doesn't seem like they've had one yet, but I, I don't know where they are. But yesterday, she prayed the Lord's Prayer. At, at a rally. And one of the people, I was listening on the news last night, one of the people who tweeted about it said, since when did we become a freaky Christian culture? And I want to say, well, since 1776 is when I think it was when it was supposed to have began, was back in that day. The culture of the day is pushing against the things of God. And we need to be aware of it. So here's the final takeaway for this morning. Listen, you are important. The enemy has you to do something, to be a part of something that will make a difference in this world. And if we'll submit to him and walk under his anointing, his power, there is nothing that is too great for God. Amen? So what can you do real quickly, and we're going to go. Put missions on your prayer list. Start praying. Get a prayer. If you don't have a prayer list, start one. Put missions right up on top of it and pray for our missionaries all around the world and for the hurdles in these countries to fall and for the gospel to come into these places. Put America on your prayer list that the hurdles being established in our culture will be destroyed and the light of the gospel will come into our, into our culture. 
Pray about the spiritual hurdles in your own life. God, let me see what's keeping me from being wholly dedicated to you and to following you. Get involved someplace. Take your time. Get involved in some of our outreaches. Get involved in some of the, look through your house, and if there's Bibles that you aren't using, bring them in. Find a ministry to get involved in. Find some place where you can serve. That's what week three of Starting Point's all about, is helping you get involved. And give joyfully out of a generous heart as God has given to you to help us make a difference in the world we live in. Amen? Amen. Let's stand and give the Lord a clap offering. Yeah, give the Lord a clap offering right now, would you? Bless the Lord. Prayer teams, would you come down right now, please? Father, I I am so grateful to be home. I, I love being with our brothers and sisters and being around people of other cultures that love you and serve you. And what a great opportunity that was. And Lord, I know to whom much is given, much is required, and you've given much to America. Lord, there's, there's none of us in this room that begin to live in the poverty that we've seen in some of these places over these last few days. And so, Father, we, we just want to be used of you to bring the gospel, to bring hope. And so we pray that deep down in our hearts would be a love for the world and a desire to make a difference. I know there are people in this room who have needs in their heart today. Some may have physical needs. Some have worries and concerns. And Lord, I pray in these next few minutes as they come to these altars and ask you for help that you'd move in their life. But Lord, right now, I pray for our church that you'd make us a people who understand our times. You'd make us a people who understand the hurdles the enemy's trying to put in our lives to keep us from fully being yours. And I pray we'd tear down those hurdles And we would determine to raise our children to live our lives fully submitted to your truth and your word. No longer impacted by this world, but Father, led and directed by your spirit. I thank you, I think that's the desire of the people in this room. But Lord, let us be wise enough to see the things that keep us from getting there. Father, let your joy be upon this fellowship and let us walk in the great hope of your Son. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have any prayer need at all, come down and let somebody pray with you before you go. And after we sing this chorus and allow a few to come, then we'll dismiss you. Please uh, just give everybody a chance to move this direction before you slip out and uh, give them a chance to move and then you can be dismissed. God bless you today.